It's Next Stop Mississippi. I'm Sherita Brent here with Mary Margaret Miller of Visit Mississippi. Today, we'll try and scare you into the Halloween spirit with some ghost stories from some real Mississippians. Walt Grayson stops by to share some spooky stories he's heard on his travels. We'll learn about the African-American Military Museum and their Boozeum event tonight with Matthew, Matthew Godfrey. Plus, Fallon Brewster will stop by to tell us about next weekend's 20th anniversary celebration presented by the Jackson Medical Mall Foundation. As always, you can give us a call and tell us about any local events going on in your area. The number is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or follow the conversation on Twitter. Search the hashtag NextStopMS. It's Next Stop Mississippi, and it's coming up after the news on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sherita Brent here with Mary Margaret Miller of Visit Mississippi. And today we'll try to scare you into the Halloween spirit with some ghost stories from some real Mississippians. Walt Grayson will stop by to share some spooky stories he's heard on his travels. We'll also learn about the African-American Military Museum and their Boozeum event tonight with Matthew Godfrey. Plus, Fallon Brewster will stop by to tell us about next weekend's 20th anniversary celebration presented by the Jackson Medical Mall Foundation. And uh, Mayor Margaret, you said Diane Williams is going to be calling in as well. She's just an amazing storyteller. Yes, Diane Williams will uh, call in to tell us or share a story with us from her her book, Mississippi Folk and the Tales They Tell. And Diane really is such an example of storytelling. You are going to be completely enthralled and excited and transported by (laughs) her story later in the hour. Absolutely. She performs live often and uh, it is very captivating. Uh, But also you can give us a call this morning if you have any local events going on in your area that you'd like to let us fellow Mississippians know about. Call us at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. You can also follow the conversation on Twitter. Search the hashtag NextStopMS. All right, Mary Marcus, so how's your week been so far? My week has been great. I, I got out of the office midweek and traveled to Panola County, where I was um, invited to speak to a great group of women, the James Gilliam chapter of the Daughters of the American Revolution. Oh, I, Yeah, I went up and um, uh, had a great um, experience at the Heflin House in Sardis, Mississippi, cute town of Sardis. We've had the folks on the show from Tribeca Alley, the great pizza place there, mm-hmm. but I had not spent any time in Sardis. So oh. it was uh, nice to be there, nice to be in this beautiful um, heritage museum called the Heflin House and to speak uh, to the ladies of the DAR there. Uh, a good group of folks, their um, mission really is uh, patriotism. They work hard to get flags in schools and make sure that people know about their American history. Uh, so I enjoyed that, and it was a beautiful day for a drive up and down the double nickel. Yes, nice. Well, I got a chance to participate in TEDx Jackson yesterday. I think, I think I'm think i not sure if this was the third or fourth year of TEDx Jackson, uh, but I got to speak. This year I was a speaker for TEDx, which was really fun, and I talked about being a, a comedian, and I got to go up first, so it was exciting. I got to get it over with very uh, quickly, but there were just some really, really powerful talks yesterday. You can find it on TEDx Jackson, uh, the the website on Facebook. They had some Facebook Live stuff. There, there was music. There was some really strong 
strong live streams as well. Uh, so I was very excited to be a part of that. So a shout out to the TEDx team who oh, man. puts this together every year. They always do a great job. And this year they had a special focus on women. Mm-hmm. So how wonderful that you were invited to kick that off with such an outstanding group of, of ladies from around the state or was it a regional group? I think it was from around the state. There, there, there may be uh, there may have been some who were outside of Mississippi, uh, but everybody's story was so powerful. Uh, it was at the old Capitol Inn, which, you know, is just a beautiful uh, place in Jackson, downtown Jackson, next to our library. Uh, so that was a great day yesterday. But I am glad it is over. That is a lot of pressure speaking. You know, it's different on the radio because you're not standing before a crowd. So. Well, you know, if anyone can work a crowd, it's Sharita Brent. <laughs> I uh, guess so. But this is a, a serious setting. I mean, mm-hmm. folks are there really to learn and think about uh, what's down the line for Mississippi and, and how we get there. Yeah, because the whole point is to spread ideas, share ideas that are worth spreading. You know, so the, the whole point is to be inspired. And there was this whole uh, piece about time and making good use of your time. Uh, that's just really awesome. So if you are not familiar with Ted, the big Ted, uh, I'm telling you, it's really worth it. And we have Ted radio hour here on mpb as well and it's so captivating so that's right and something that's easily accessible on the mpb app that's right a quick plug right there our mpb app the public media app is free uh so we have a lot of good things to get to today uh first of all first of all we're going to be joined by matthew godfrey who's going to uh talk with us about the african-american military museum which is in hattiesburg but uh, this particular weekend they're doing something different they're turning it into a boozeum uh good morning matthew thank you so much for being with us. Good morning, Sharita. How are you? Doing well. Uh, well, before we get into how you're going to transition the museum into something else for Halloween, could you tell us a little bit about the history of the African-American Military Museum in Hattiesburg? I sure can. Um, the museum was first opened uh, in the 1940s, uh, and it's actually a unique piece of history about the museum. It's uh, it's the only remaining USO that was constructed uh, just for African Americans um, that is still in public use in the entire country. So uh, it was a USO. It served as a home away from home for our World War II um, soldiers who were here and stationed at Camp Shelby. And it was um, just a place where our African American soldiers could go and have a sense of community. And it, uh, like I said, it opened, it first opened its doors in 1942. Uh, The museum closed for a while. Uh, In the early 2000s, it was placed on the uh, National Historic Registry. And then it reopened in the 2000s. It um, unfortunately suffered some pretty significant damage after the renovation um, when the tornado came through Hattiesburg several years ago, but it underwent a second renovation and is now completely open to the public. It's a, a, it's a museum. It's free to the public. It, it dates back to post-Civil War Buffalo soldiers all the way up to Desert Storm, but the, the largest and I guess most significant um, exhibits throughout the museum, uh, spoke, uh, they focus particularly on World War II. Okay, so, so, so yeah. um, can you talk about some things that are inside the museum? I know there are some artifacts and, and things on display for people when they visit. Yeah, there are quite a few different artifacts. So there are some things out um, in our in our lobby. Um, there we have a part of Hattiesburg's very first African American library that is still standing, and is uh, some of those those books and things are there in the library for the public to access. Um, Some of the history focuses on Hattiesburg and its foundation in the late 1800s. 
Um, you're going to see some exhibits that focus around the First World War, around the Second World War. Um, Hattiesburg has a, a pretty rich civil rights history, and um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Freedom Summer Trail and some of the other things that happened during civil rights here in Hattiesburg, but they um, they have a few things that focus on that and on desegregation. Uh, you're going to see some exhibits from Vietnam. I, I mentioned Desert Storm, um, the Korean War, and uh, and specifically some stuff for uh, for uh, Jesse L. Brown, who was Americans, uh, America's very first black naval aviator, and he was from here in Hattiesburg. He actually would have celebrated his 90th birthday just uh, a few weeks ago. Wow. So um, we've got some real special stuff there uh, focusing on Jesse L. Brown. A few things that are more recent, uh, war on, tor- uh, on terrorism, and then we also have a Hall of Honor that just focuses on um, – soldiers, ex-military that are actually um, from Hattiesburg, and we recognize their contributions um, for, for different African-Americans and their community and, you know, how what they've done for Hattiesburg post-military and, and um, while they were active. Yeah, tell us a little bit more about the museum's relationship to the veterans. I know that it's probably a real point of pride for many of, of our local Mississippians. Absolutely. We, uh, we have a museum committee uh, that actually meets regularly, and they're more or less kind of the governing body of uh, the decisions that go on there for uh, for the museum. But most of what we do, other than some fun one-off events like museum, which we'll talk about, are really focused on honoring specific veterans, on recognizing members of the community. Um, this past year for Black History Month, for example, um, we had some of the women who remember the the museum from the times that they volunteered there when they were teenagers um, in the 1940s, and they would come and host the dances and uh, make the refreshments and things like that. And so we we honored some of those women, uh, many of whom are you know 90 years old or older. Uh, so we we have. Um, certain veterans from around the Pine Belt area that we try to focus our events around, uh, especially notable birth dates or, um, I guess, anniversaries, if you will, from the time that they served actively in the military. Um, And so we have a lot of support from the military community here in Hattiesburg of all different ages um, down to, you know, current ROTC members at Southern Miss or junior ROTC at the local high schools here in the area. So we get a lot of uh, volunteerism, a lot of interest, um, and we try to focus most of our activity around recognizing uh, military in the community. Yeah. Well, uh, so this is the third year, I believe, for Boozeum, right? It is. And you I think just we've got an annual event on our hands now. Yes, yes. I, I know you, that you guys kind of want to make this a Halloween tradition. Uh, well, tell us a little bit about the theme for this year at the Museum. Uh, it's Wicked Western, I believe. <laughs> they are having a Wicked Western theme um, this year. And so that's kind of exciting and a little bit different. In the past, they haven't uh, really had a theme. But now that the uh, Museum has kind of taken off, and we've been able to cultivate more of a theme around it. So this year they're going to have some pony rides and Western themes. Uh, and so I think it'll be a little bit different from years past. And and what inspired the museum to host Buseum, Buseum, uh <laughs> to begin with? You know, we get um, a lot of interest from school groups and student groups, 
here in Hattiesburg and around the area who come in for field trips and they'll come to our events or they'll come as a class uh, when we celebrate um, different milestones uh, for the museum. And so that kind of a few years ago, we started to realize that there was really a market for young people, uh, especially elementary age kids, to get them interested in the museum and get them and their parents through the doors first so we can kind of pique their interest in coming to a fun event like this that will hopefully segue into more of a learning experience and uh, they can uh, get really in tune with the history of the African-American military community here in Hattiesburg and what the museum has to offer. So that's kind of how we started doing some of these events. You know, most of our events, as I mentioned, are are pretty reverent. Uh, They're typically geared toward an older crowd and so this gives us an opportunity to have kind of a safe fun uh, inexpensive environment for uh, kids to just you know enjoy Halloween but also get exposed to the museum. So uh, tell us about this spooky tour Uh, and and I'll also like to mention that this is pretty affordable I I think it's just two dollars for adults and one dollar for children uh, which is great so tell us about this uh, this spooky tour and some of the new things that you're incorporating uh, at the museum this year. So the spooky tour is really more or less a not all that spooky um, kind of haunted house. So it's a guided tour through the museum. The museum kind of has a flow that's like a U-shape to where you go through. So it makes – that's another reason we ended up coming with coming up with the idea uh, for a museum because the physical structure of the museum itself lends uh, – it lends itself very well to have a, you know, a walking tour kind of flow through. Um, so there will be different kind of spooky elements, some uh, some scary stories about Hattiesburg as, as people go through, um, and, of course, decorations. So they've just already started to transform the inside and the exterior of the museum into a little bit of a haunted house. Don't worry. I mean, it is geared toward kids, so it's mostly just, <laughs> family fun Halloween, but with a few uh, kind of spooky elements to it. And so the kids will be able to work with our uh, education coordinators to go through and uh, have a few kind of scary elements that have to do with Halloween and then also get some history on their on their tour as well. Great so idea. More of a fun there. house than a haunted house. <laughs> yeah, let's look at it that way. It's really it, – it, it's not um, – it's not too scary, and we have several other big Halloween events that are going on at the same time, even at some of our own facilities here in Hattiesburg, uh, even tonight at the zoo and at the Sanger Theater. So we try to really um, make each of them kind of unique and specific to the venue so that we don't compete against one another. <laughs> oh, that's kind. Excellent. Well, Matthew, could, could you remind us of the uh, museum hours? Um, well, first of all, when uh, the time of the museum event and then when you can uh, visit the museum regularly? Absolutely. So Buzium is going to be tonight, the 28th. It starts at 5.30 p.m. It'll last until about 8 o'clock. There will be a costume contest. As you mentioned, it's $2 for non-members, just $1 for kids, and it's free if you're a member of the museum. But if you're coming in from outside of Hattiesburg, 2 bucks to get in, Uh, again, 5.30 p.m. And then the museum itself is open Wednesday through Friday, um, it's open from 10 a.m. until 4 p.m. It is uh, it's free to the public. Uh, we are also open on Saturday afternoons from 12 noon until 4 p.m. Uh, for special groups or accommodations. If you're traveling into Hattiesburg and you're just going to be there for the morning or something like that, we can also make some uh, some special arrangements by appointment if you'll just call the museum. 
All right. Sounds good. Well, Matthew, thank you so much for taking some time to speak with us today. We really appreciate it. Not a problem. Y'all have a great day. All right. You too. Uh, so I saw that they're going to be doing some line dancing at the, the Boozium. I so know. I love that. Are the ghosts going to be line dancing? That should be fun. Well, you know, I think a zombie cowboy would be like the best uh, Halloween costume. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. Uh, I don't know about you, but my Facebook, uh, my timeline went crazy this week earlier when Walking Dead was on. And apparently some important people died. <laughs> I know. I mean, I thought a real person was gone. It was I the know. weirdest thing. I, yeah. And I, I don't know enough about it to talk about it. But mm-hmm. people were really... Um, they were upset, but that show has a, a knack of doing that. Mm-hmm. I think in the past they've had some real, you know, plot twists that got everybody crazy. Yeah, I had to stop watching Walking Dead. I mean, it, it, it was just too gory for me. It was too violent. I oh. mean, just after so many explosions, head explosions, and <laughs> I was like, I can't take this anymore. I was having nightmares. I know. Look, American <laughs> Horror Story, which so many people enjoy, is not something that I am built for. It yep. spooks me to my core, and I have bad dreams, and, yeah. you know, it's just not for me. I watched it one season, and then I was like, I can't do it. I can do a movie isolated, you know, but, yeah, I'm not good when In it comes daytime, to scary stuff. In the daytime, with yeah. the windows open. Absolutely. <laughs> but I, I'm a, a not good when it comes to a scary stuff. But when we get back, Walt Grayson is going to share some spooky stories he's heard on his travels. Still to come, Diane Williams is going to join us. She's a wonderful storyteller. And uh, also Fallon Brewster will stop by to tell us about next weekend's 20th anniversary celebration presented by the Jackson Medical Mall Foundation. 877-MPB-RING is the number if you want to join the conversation and let us know about any events going on in your area. 877-672-7464 or email next stop at mpbonline.org. This is Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sherita Brent, joined by Mary Margaret Miller of Visit Mississippi. Today, we're trying to scare you into the Halloween spirit with some ghost stories from some real Mississippians. If you have your own ghost stories, you can call us at 877-MPB-RING. If you have a, if you had a spooky experience in Mississippi that you'd like to share, uh, you have to make it sound really good when you call in. So call <laughs> us at 877-672-7464. Or if you want to let us know about any local events going on in your area, that number Number is 877-MPB-RING or email nextstop at mpbonline.org. And we have a very, very special guest in studio. Mr. Walt Grayson has stopped by to share some spooky stories uh, he's heard or experienced, uh, things you've experienced on a your little, travels. A little both, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Good morning, Walt. Thank you so much for being here. Sure, thank you. Thank you. Uh, so tell us a little bit now, do you actually go looking for these ghost stories or, or do they just happen to, to appear? Oh, I go looking for them hmm, like, really? a, like other fools. <laughs> I, go, I go looking for these for things. Sport. And you know why? Because I've never seen one. It's just like sometimes I think I want to see a tornado. 
until I get in a thunderstorm. And then mm-hmm. I get to think, you know, I really don't want to see one right now. And that's kind of the way I am with the ghost. I get in a haunted house at midnight, and I, as much as I'd really like to see one, I keep thinking at midnight in a haunted house, no, I don't want to see one right now. That's so. right. Well, I, I put out a query on my Facebook page this week in search of some Mississippi ghost stories, not necessarily haunted houses or cemetery tours, but real ghost experiences. And so many people said, Walt Grayson, Walt Grayson, <laughs> wow. get with Walt Grayson. There were some other really great references as well, but I, I have to bring up. So uh, I'm with Visit Mississippi, the state tourism office. Our partners in tourism around the state um, are, are great to work with, but our friends in Greenville particularly told me a story about you coming to visit them in their offices on Walnut Street. Oh, yeah. Which are, are said to be haunted. Yeah. If you go by what they say, they're very haunted. Yeah, this is at, at the old National Guard Armory on Walnut Street in downtown Greenville. And I went there with a group, a group of ghost hunters, and I don't know where they were. I don't think they were from Greenville, but they, it was a pretty large group, and they, they divided out into men and women, and they the two different teams, and they were not allowed to talk to each other. You know, because they didn't want to influence one another's findings. And I got to go in with both of them. So I went in with the men first. They went downstairs and they had their meters, their EMF meters, or I, I, usually when I'm telling the story, I call it an efflux meter because I'm not sure what it is, you know. <laughs> but it measures something to energy pertain levels, to go. Right? Yeah, energy, I guess that's it. So, and their reading was a 0.5. And they took temperatures, you know, and they yelled at the ghost and all this other stuff that you do when you're ghost hunting. And then they went back outside. Then the women went in. So I went in with the women, and they went upstairs. Now, the upstairs was not rebuilt into offices like the downstairs, so I guess it's more susceptible to hauntings. And so when they took their reading with their EMF meter, it was a 4.5. And I started to tell them, hey, downstairs it was only 0.5. Then I got to thinking, oh, wait a minute. I can't tell them because I can't influence their readings. And it was dark up there. I had my camera rolling. I really wasn't taking pictures of anything. I was just getting audio because sure. you, know, you got to have light to take television. And I looked down at my camera, and it's got two viewfinders on it. It's got a little fold-down viewfinder in the front and then a, a flip-up viewfinder in the back, and both of them were blinking at the same time, and they're not supposed to work at the same time. That's not a good sign. And so cameras nowadays being just more or less computers, you do what you do. You power it down and power it back up. That's supposed to fix it. I powered it down. It did not power back up. And I asked the young lady who was taking the reading, I said, just out of curiosity, do that EMF reading again. And she says, well, that's funny. It's down to just a point five now. And I held my camera up. I told her, well, I know where the other four went. <laughs> we sent the camera back to Sony. They said that, well, gosh, evidently somebody dropped this thing in water because every board in it was burned out. Mm. I don't believe in ghosts, but I don't believe I'm going to take that camera ghost hunting anymore. So <laughs> That's a big investment to uh, oh, risk I, on a ghost hunt. Listen, I pick up a cheap one off the shelf at Best Buy. <laughs> and if, it, if something happens to it, that's just going to write it off. But so. that, that is what you hear about a lot, though, is mm-hmm. when um, groups are ghost hunting, it's often the, the camera or the video equipment yeah. that goes berserk first. Right. I have never, I put it this way, I've been on several ghost hunts. I've never experienced a ghost must, unless actually the, the the breaking down of the camera had something to do with the supernatural. It could be just time for the camera to go. I don't know. It was also 100 degrees in that room, too. Um, in all the ghost hunts I've been on, I myself have not experienced a ghost. The people doing the ghost hunting have yet to not find a ghost on those same hunts. And so mm-hmm. I think it all depends on what you're looking for. 
And, you know, maybe I just don't know what I'm looking for. <laughs> maybe you don't want to find a ghost. <laughs> We've had a couple of interesting experiences, though. I was with a group of ghost hunters at a house on Lake Washington. It was the, it was, oh, can't remember the name of the house now, but anyway, um, it was a two-story house. And what they were trying to do was do ghost tours to raise funds to restore the house because the roof had a hole in it, things like that. And they really wanted, didn't want this house to fall down. And so we were upstairs about 2 o'clock in the morning. I was on the landing nearest the steps, the stairs leading down. About uh, maybe 15 feet in front of me, the, the landing split off into a T, and there was a bedroom on either side. And the ghost hunters were kind of gathered down there. And I was back by the stairs, rolling video. We actually had the light on then. And they were hollering at the ghost. You know, you got to challenge these things if you really mm-hmm. want them to appear. You know, the, the cheap ghost hunter was over there. Show yourself. Make yourself appear. Throw something. Make a noise. I'm standing behind my camera. No, you don't have to. It's okay. So, <laughs> at about that time, a door slammed in one of those bedrooms. Now, there was nobody Time in to go. There. Time to go. Well, see, now that would have been my thought. <laughs> That's when I realized the difference between me and professional ghost hunters. The door slammed in the bedroom, and they went in there. <laughs> they followed it. Yeah. I was close to the stairs. I was, you know, I was thinking, well, I can't just run away now. I've got to go in there. And so I challenged the door. You know, I mean, they're yelling at the ghost, and, and thinking, this thing's still kind of rocking on its door hinges. And so I said, okay, if you want to be on TV, show yourself. That thing opened wide up, right in front of my face, and closed. And then I explained to the ghost hunters, well, I got all the footage I need to go. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That's great. Well, uh, are there particular places in Mississippi that are known to be more haunted than others? Um. For some reason, old houses are. I don't know why a ghost would pick an old house. If it were me, I'd go haunt a new house. (laughs) It's going to be around for a while. Uh, Places that have a history to them. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any ghost associated with Indian mounds. You know, you would think that they've been around for longer than anything, but I don't really know of any. I'm I'm sure probably somebody's seen some somewhere, though. Well, I think we'd think of uh, Mount Helena in Rolling Fork as maybe a a ghost associated with an Indian mound. You know, the home that's built on top of the mound mound. there. And they've had a lot of tragedy in that uh, that line, that that home, that family throughout history. And, And maybe that's what you get for building on a Indian um, mound, burial mound, yeah, right? <laughs> well, uh, and in my little query, my very unofficial uh, ghost search query, uh, I got a lot of stories from Carroll County, Mississippi, which is one of the older counties in the state, founded in 1833. And uh, there were lots of um, of stories shared with me uh, about uh, different hauntings of homes there, of the courthouse, which um, had kind of a significant role during the Civil War. Uh, but one story that stands out to me that I remember as a young person is the story of the Haley Grave. This is a cemetery north of, of Carrollton, Mississippi, where um, a young girl, this I believe was back in the 1960s, ate rat poison on prom night. And uh, for years, the mother decorated the grave at Christmas. Very oh, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. we, as teenagers, would drive out to see the grave during the holidays. Um, and and there were there were times when we felt like we were not alone. Mm. It was. I don't guess she still does that. That's what that's what it was reported to me. She no longer decorates the grave. But I know that it was decorated so much at one time. That she was borrowing electricity from the church across the road, but she ended up putting so many lights on that grave that someone insisted she get her own power pole and meter out there. 
Uh, and it was kind of decked out the time I went up there to see it. Wow. So, well, I'm glad you can verify that. <laughs> that's the truth. Now, now Mary Margaret was uh, able to get this this uh, list produced of uh, ghost uh, stories and sightings in various parts of Mississippi. Um, and, and who did you say helped you get that? That's right. Um, I, I, I reached out to the Mississippi Library Commission and got great feedback and great help from the reference libra- librarian there, Elizabeth Scott, who was a just tremendous help and so enthusiastic about our request for Mississippi ghost stories. So she sent us this incredible list, what, more than two dozen um, listings of Mississippi ghost stories from around the state. And and they really range from, you know, again, Civil War era um, stories all the way up to present day. Now, I am uh, intrigued by all of the things under Natchez. Uh, there are a lot of things here. Ghosts of Native American Runner, uh, Ghosts Along the Mississippi River, The Haunted Natchez Trace. Hmm, that's interesting. Ghosts of a Murdered Baby. Uh, Walt, are you are you familiar with any ghost things in Natchez? Oh, well, yeah, the, the baby, that was at um, King's Tavern. Okay. Okay, and that was supposed to have been the Harp Brothers, who were Natchez Trace Bandits. And at one time, a lady, because the King's Tavern at one time was like the general store, it's a post office and all this, and as well as being a tavern. This is a story that I've heard. And a lady came in with a crying baby, and one of the Hart brothers stuck his hands out. The lady thought that she was sticking his hands out to take the baby to comfort it. If you have children, turn the radio off just for a second, then come right back. But no, he didn't. He, he, he supposedly grabbed the baby, dashed its head up against the wall, and killed it. Mm. You know, they did things back then, like that back then. But anyway, we were down there one time doing a ghost story. A friend of me and a friend of mine and wanted to go get some shots up in the attic. And one of the waitresses says, oh, please don't go in the attic. I said, well, why not? She said, because that baby cries for days after anybody goes in the attic. Wow. Mm. But we weren't going to be there for days, so we went up to the attic. I don't know whether we did or not. So. so we did anyway. So, yeah, like like we were saying, it really is kind of these older enclaves of the state that seem to have a concentration of good stories. Yeah, I'd love to hear from listeners. Uh, 877-MPB-RING is the number. If you have any uh, accounts of spooky stories you'd like to tell, if you have a ghost story, maybe you've had an experience in Mississippi near a cemetery or in a haunted house, you'd like to let us know about. Call us at 877-MPB-RING. We have the uh, spooky man expert here, Walt Grayson, who has just experienced a lot of these things and uh, travels a whole lot around Mississippi and sees a lot. So he may be able to uh, confirm something you say. 877-672-7464 is the number or email next stop at mpbonline.org. So, Walt, I know you do a lot with Mississippi roads, of course. Uh, Have you guys done some ghost things on Mississippi roads? We have. Uh, As a matter of fact, uh, the story that I talked about, the one where the door opens is uh, an, on an old roads show from several seasons back, but I'm sure it reruns from time to time. I was just, you've got Mary Hope in Meridian on your list. I was just in Mary Hope about two weeks ago talking with Alan Brown. Alan has written about 30 ghost books. That's right, with wow. University Press. And I was asking Alan, do you believe in ghosts? And he was telling me, you know... I'm about 90% there. Now, he's written ghost books, and this is kind of where most ghost hunters are. They're not quite believers, but certainly all these people aren't telling these stories just to impress me or them (laughs) or something like that. And um, you talk to enough people who look you straight in the face, and these are doctors and lawyers and bankers and things like that who tell you, yeah, we got a ghost in the house, turns on the washing machine or turns the lights on and off or makes noises and things like that. 
And, you know, you, you can't just write it all off to the fact that, hey, these people are nuts. you got to give it some credence. You know, there's yeah. something to all this. Well, I grew up with a ghost, hence my real interest in, in this episode and, and in the stories that we've collected here. And and our ghost was of a great uncle who built the home that we lived in. And there was one picture of, 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 of we all called him Captain Tom. I think he had some military, uh, of, he was much older than me. Anyway, Captain Tom, we had one image of Captain Tom that moved around the house. It would be on a dresser upstairs the next week. It would be downstairs in a family room. It, it had its own um, oh, boy. sort oh. of personality <laughs> of where he wanted to spend his time. And so, it didn't matter if you moved it back to the dresser. It, it really kind of floated around wherever it wanted to be. It's like oh, the gosh. original elf on the shelf, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we do have a couple calls, uh, folks who want to join the conversation. Lisa is in Mobile. Good morning, Lisa. What do you have for us? Hey, Lisa, you're on the air. Hi. I wanted to share a story uh, that is from the 1980s. Um, Our mother and father-in-law had come to visit us in Jackson, so we decided to take them to Natchez and have dinner down there at one of the little restaurants under the hill. But as soon as we drove down there into the under the hill area, they started looking strangely and said, get us out of here. And we said, what? Because we were really looking forward to the experience. Anyway, they said, no, get us out of here because slaves were down here and treated very badly. We can feel their presence. And they went on and on about that. And uh, I believe it was my mother-in-law who said, I can hear the chains. And so, anyway, needless to say, we had to get out of there and take them to dinner at Holiday Inn up the road. (laughs) Well, when we got back, lo and behold, there was a section in the newspaper, the Sunday newspaper of the um, Clarion Ledger giving a story about Under the Hill and how it was a place where slaves were brought in. And I thought I was going to faint. Hmm. I could not get over that. So anyway, that's my little ghost story. All right. Well, thank you for that, Lisa. We appreciate it. Uh, We're going next to Maggie, who's in Wiggins. Good morning, Maggie. Maggie, you're on the air. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. I enjoy your shows very much. I listen to MPB all the time. Thank you. Uh, I have a story about... Uh, a house on the campus of Mississippi University for Women. I went to work there in 1996 as a professor, and I had heard about this, uh, I think it's called the Alumni House. It's not where the Alumni Association is located, but it's the house right next to it that they house a lot of guests and things. Uh, You can hear me all right, can't you? Yes. Oh, okay. Anyway, when different people come to visit the campus for one reason or another on official business, they'll often put them up there. And I had often heard stories about this house, you know, being haunted, but I didn't think much about it. Well, anyway, about 2006, I've been there about 10 years, when we, um, I was guesting someone on the campus who was coming in to work with accreditation. And I had put the person up in a room in that house. 
Well, I had gone downstairs, and when I went downstairs, I was standing in the hallway just sort of looking around at, you know, the different rooms. I'd been in the house a number of times. And suddenly I feel this presence, and I see this person walk from to my from my right-hand side where the kitchen was located across this large dining room area. I was standing in the hall right outside that dining room, walking across into the front of the house where there is a living room, a living room space. And I looked, I saw this double take and realized what I was seeing. I was actually seeing an apparition of a woman who was dressed in, you know, dressed around the Civil War era, the hoop skirts, the white skirts and everything. And I could basically see through her and see the window on the other side of her. Oh, wow. And, I mean, I'll tell you what... (laughs) I went upstairs and got that guest, and I said, you're staying at my house. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> because I didn't want her to stay there. And But there's been a number of stories about that particular house on the campus. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not there anymore. But I wasn't really surprised that I saw this apparition. Because my family, over the years, I grew up in a very, very old house in Key West told many stories about my great-grandmother, who was a seer. And she had many apparitions. And several times in my life, while I haven't seen actual apparitions, I've either had dreams of things that were going to happen or I've been talking to someone and knew something was going to happen to them. So I wasn't real surprised when I saw that apparition, but that story is true. Oh, wow. I mean, there's evidently a presence in that particular house there in Mississippi. Well, I know your guest was glad you were there to intervene. (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much for that story, Maggie. You Um, know, that that does remind me. It seems to me like that. I think I really think that there are some people who are susceptible to seeing ghost or or the presence and i'm I'm just not i don't think and and alan Mm. brown uh the the man i was talking to who wrote the books all the books about the ghost stories in in uh, west alabama and east mississippi he agrees with that he 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 says that his wife is more susceptible than than he is yeah kind of like a sixth sense sense i guess Mm -hmm. right that makes sense don't we have a lot of our brain or a lot of senses that we don't use in our day-to-day activities a lot of my brain i don't use (laughs) i know that right i've been told that (laughs) well uh i disagree with that walt but thank you so much for being in today we really appreciate it and um when can folks check out mississippi roads Mississippi Roads is on every Thursday night at 7 on MPB, and uh, it runs a couple of times on Sunday, I think 10 o'clock in the morning and 5 o'clock in the afternoon All right, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Well, looking forward to it, and Walt, thank you for everything that you do for uh, the state of Mississippi, uh, oh, well, telling our you. story. We thank appreciate you. it. All right, we need to take a quick break. When we get back, we have a couple calls to get to. Uh, Diane Williams will join us and Fallon Brewster to tell us about the Jackson Medical Mall Foundation anniversary celebration. We'll be back in just a moment. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. When my eyes beheld an eerie sight, for my monster from his slab began to rise, and suddenly, to my surprise, he did the mash. He did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. He did the mash. It caught on in a flash. He did the mash. He did the monster mash. Welcome back to Next 
Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sherita Brent, joined in studio by Mary Marker Miller of Visit Mississippi. And today we've been trying to scare you into the Halloween spirit with some ghost stories from real Mississippians. And we have Miss Diane Williams on the phone, uh, just an amazing storyteller slash neurologist uh, slash, a, slash a whole lot of things. Uh, Diane, maybe you can uh, tell us how you would describe yourself. I'm a narratologist. It's all about story, whether I do the art, the fiber arts I do, tell, or whether I write a book, or whether I just stand on a stage and tell a story. Yes. Uh, so your latest book, I think you have out right now, is um, Mississippi Folk Tales, uh, Mississippi Folk and the Tales They Tell. Is, is, that, is that right? Yes, and it has a subtitle, Myths, Legends, and Ball-Faced Lies. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, since we're talking about scary stuff today, uh, I'm sure you've encountered some myths and legends. Uh, do you have any in particular that you'd like to share? Yeah, I would like to share a story about Poplarville has a haunted house. Poplarville is just uh, beyond Hattiesburg, going down Highway 59 about another 30 minutes in our state. Are you ready? Yes. I'm going to read from my book, Mississippi Folk and the Tales They Tell. Okay. Many people talk about haunted houses, and if you've heard one bump in the night, you've heard one too many. In Poplarville, there is a haunted house. All the children in town, they know about it, and all the adults whisper about it. But nobody will come right out and admit it. It wasn't built 100, 50, or even 40 years ago. It was built when things changed in Poplarville, when the roads became different. And the couple who built the home had it constructed pretty close to where an old situation was that one cannot really say a lot about. The fact is that someone had been murdered there. The house was lovely, with beautiful new furniture. The lady of the house belonged to all the clubs in town, and all the club members were offered an opportunity to come and see the beautiful house. Marietta Moody was one of the club ladies who saw the interior of the house. As beautiful as it was, she shivered whenever she talked about it. When you entered through the front door, the first thing you would notice was that the house was cold. It was cold all the time, even in the summer. The couple didn't live there long. There was something about that house that seemed to have shattered their marriage, and so they moved out and went their separate ways. It wasn't long before another couple moved in. They stayed there a good six months and then moved out. They moved because they kept hearing strange sounds. The neighbors heard it, too. But they didn't say anything because they wanted somebody else to buy that house. They felt that if they said anything, the house wouldn't sell. Then another couple moved in. They stayed the longest uh, full three years. They thought they heard people walking around in the house along with screams and yelling. They heard something that sounded like people dragging things around. It must have been unnerving because eventually they, too, moved out. The next couple to move into the house attempted to remodel it. The neighbors were hopeful, but the couple lasted only six weeks before they departed in fear. After that, the house remained empty and it never sold again. Someone reported that the sounds that came from the house may have been one of the El Chupacabra, the ghost-like, hairless zombie dog that had been spotted around Pearl River County. 
Although no one in Poplarville had seen the creature, with the exception of a few individuals with wild imaginations, the sound that reportedly emanated from the El Chupacabra, it was unmistakable. It certainly provides a logical explanation explanation for the ghost sounds and bumping around that the residents and neighbors heard coming from the house, but it was pure speculation. The legend of the El Chupacabra dates back to the 1970s. The name El Chupacabra means ghost sucker because the creature has been purported to attack livestock and suck the blood of goats. The creature could have been a coyote or a wild dog with mange. As long as there were residents in the house, the creature hid in the wooded area behind the house and bumped around foraging for food in the trash cans at night. The creature may have hid underneath the house when it was unoccupied. There were farms in the area, and the animals may have managed to stay alive. The animal may have managed to stay alive by killing farm animals. If folks had talked about it aloud rather than whispered and gossiped, someone with a rational mind would have called animal control officers and put a stop to the ghost house mystery. The local women still whisper today, don't you dare go and tell anybody I said this now. But that place is haunted. That's the loudest scream and raising sand going on over there that you've ever heard in your life. Hmm. They are still telling that story today. And El Chupacabras, you all, have been located in Picayune, Picayune, Mississippi, and also in Leake County. So keep your eye out, especially around Halloween. Oh my Ooh. goodness. That <laughs> Diane, was awesome. Diane, thank you. That that descriptive language will get you. When you said the hairless zombie dog, I mean I yeah, that just we both trembled. <laughs> <laughs> yes, excellent, Diane. Well, we, we appreciate you coming on. That was a a wonderful story. Uh now tell people more where they can go to to, to find out more about you, your website. And I've seen your book in, in so many stores and it's just a proud moment to know you. <laughs> Um, I, I have a website, MississippiStoryteller.com, so you can learn a little bit about me there. And I'm also on Facebook under the title of the book, Diane Williams, Mississippi Folk and the Tales They Tell. Excellent. Diane, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good day. You yes, too. thank you, Diane. That's a great uh, gift as the holidays come up and something to grab to do a little storytelling of your own when uh, the families gather. Absolutely. And uh, speaking of stories, the Jackson Medical Mall definitely has one. Uh, we're joined in studio by Fallon Brewster. He's going to tell us a little bit about the Jackson Medical Mall Foundation's 20th anniversary celebration. Fallon, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Thank you for having me. All right. 20 years. That's a long time. It is. Uh, so tell us a little bit about this celebration uh, or you can talk about the foundation if you'd like. Yeah, I, well, I'll start with talking about the foundation was founded in 1996 by the late Dr. Aaron Shirley. And obviously he had a vision to not change zip codes. A lot of times in Jackson, we move out of the area to uh, have better opportunities, but he wanted to change the zip code that, mm-hmm. that he was located in. So he focused a lot of his attention to providing quality health care for the underserved and uh, economic expansion and community development in that area. Yeah, the Jackson Medical Mall is so unique uh, in where it's located, and you go in there and it's kind of like, oh, you know, what what is this? It's not, you can you shop? You know, so, so talk about, about the, the resources of the Jackson Medical Mall and who can take advantage of it. Well, we call the Jackson Medical Mall the mall with it all. It's a mm. one-stop shop. You can come and walk in the morning, receive quality health care. You can go eat 
and also enjoy a couple of our retail shops without even leaving the building. Mm -hmm. so, That's cool. Yeah, so there's a lot going on. We have a lot of different people who visit, uh, frequent our facility every day. We have a lot of different events going on each day. So it's, it's just a wide array, array of services and programs that we offer as well. Well, this big event is coming up next Friday, uh, and this is a 20th anniversary celebration presented by the Jackson Medical Mall Foundation. So uh, tell us about this big event that uh, you've been working so hard to plan. Oh, absolutely. Well, we've been working for 20 years. So <laughs> now it is time to celebrate, and we plan on doing that in a grand way. Joe is headlining this show, and um, we're so excited about having Joe here. He's an excellent live performer. Ricky Smiley is hosting. He's super funny. And also, we have the very hilariously talented comedian, <laughs> Rita B. Who? Who's going to be? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that should be fun. Yes. Triple threat. I know. And this is going to be at the uh, Jackson Convention Complex, right? Yes, Jackson Convention Complex, Friday, November 4th at 7 o'clock p.m. All right. And so is it going to be banquet style? Uh, is it going to be food or just uh, music and comedy? There will just be music and comedy for the show. Obviously, there'll be opportunity for persons to purchase, you know, food from the concessions, but mm -hmm. we won't have any food inside. OK, well, I know there are going to be a lot of special guests there and uh, good good on you guys for having it at the Jackson Convention Complex, which is right in the heart of downtown Jackson. Uh, Mayor Margaret, we've seen that there are just so many wonderful events that go through uh, the convention complex. So, you know, another uh, host of, of great stars coming to to that area to shine some light on the city of Jackson. All right, Fallon, uh, thank you so much for being with us. And uh, where can people go to find more information about this celebration? Well, people can visit us on Facebook or visit us online at Jackson Med Mall. There's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For tickets, the tickets are available online at TicketFly.com and also at the Jackson Medical Mall Suite 101. Sounds Wonderful. good. All right. Yeah. Now, we've been talking about ghost stories today. Do you have any uh, ghost stories that you've experienced, Fallon? Um, kind of, sort of. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. She she looks kind of reserved. Like, I don't know if I want to share that on the air. <laughs> yeah. I, I've experienced a, a few things. Um, I don't want to scare anybody. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, well if you are interested in visiting some haunted places over the weekend, you can go to the Visit Mississippi website, visitmississippi.org, and check out our blog post for eight haunted places in Mississippi. Right. Some we talked about today, but some are a little less known. Okay. All right. Now, Chico, we have about 30 seconds, okay? So, Chico and Oxford. For, uh, you have about 30 seconds to tell us about your story and event, or just choose one because we have about 30 seconds. Go, Chico. Kudzu Kings at Ronzo's New Place in Oxford tonight at Shelter on Van Buren. But the big thing is Thursday with George Pesquitas on Factor Mountain Radio at Off Square Books. George Pesquitas was a great football star at Ole Miss in the 70s. And he was a freak, too. He would hang out down at the Hoka. And he's written a great biography of Warren Zevon. All right. Chico, thanks so much for that information. Thanks for holding on. We appreciate it. Okay, Mayor Margaret, are you scared? I am scared of the Chukacabra. You're afraid? Yeah, me too. Sam, are you afraid? He's not. He has a... I'm okay. He's in the, uh, the, the baseball sphere. <laughs> I'm worried about my Cubs tonight. So. <laughs> That's his only fear. All right, uh, Sam and Mayor Margaret, y'all, thanks for uh, producing the show today. And thanks to our call screener. I believe it was Jonas Adams. Stay tuned. Southern Remedy for Women is coming up next. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio.